Father, this morning, we just thank you, Lord. We just thank you. You always make a way for us, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Though there's lockdown in the city, we have this few hours of freedom, liberty. And we want to use that liberty to serve you, Lord. And not go back to that yoke of slavery. Can do many things in these few hours the government gives us. But Lord, we want to come to you. Want to spend time with you. So that Lord, when we go back again to that curfew, we go back strengthened, we go back refreshed. Or commit everyone into thy hands, the church. Those who are struggling for life at various places, home, hospital, high ICU, the doctors who are serving them. I pray the God of life would stretch forth your hand of healing, Lord. You are the balm of Gilead. You are the son of righteousness. Rise over them, Lord, with healing under your wings. And those who have lost loved ones, you are the God of all comfort. Only you can comfort. We are at loss for words when death takes place, but not you. Comfort, Lord. People need healing. People need strength. People need comfort in this hour. And those who are well, they need protection. And you are all that for us, Lord. We heard, we have seen it over and over again. You are our shield. And you are our exceedingly great reward. And it is to you that we come this morning. And I pray wherever your people are tuned in, now or later, the anointing will continue to move flow. The anointing will continue to teach. So that, O oh Lord, we will stand firm and strong in this hour. So this morning, teach us. Speak to us, O oh Lord. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. I had very religiously written down all those verses and very carefully left it at home. So, uh, so we are with Gideon and we are back at Judges 7-3. We have to handle that as the most, most Biggest problem mankind struggles with. Fearful. Now therefore proclaim in the hearing of the people saying, Whoever is fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. And 22,000 of the people returned and 10,000 remained. That's a huge number. That is two-thirds, more than two-thirds were asked to. Now God doesn't speak to us audibly like that. But he waits without calling us. We need to understand how the new covenant works. The new covenant, God doesn't come and say, let them go. He doesn't has never come and told anybody in the church to leave. Though the church is an army. Church is many things. One of the things the church is, it is the army of the living God on earth, fighting powers of darkness. 
And the powers of darkness knows the best way to keep people out of war is intimidate them. And all around the world, what we are seeing is intimidation, disease, death, war in the Middle East, like happening, you know, Hamas and Israel. We don't know which, how things, you know, in less than 100 days, everything has changed. The specter of death and war. And it, it actually people say, we are at war. This is a third world war has already started. Only thing, this is biological warfare. It is not like the old days. It's biological warfare because a lot of experts believe this virus that has been released and which is mutating, it's not natural. That's why you are not able to stop it. It's mutating. It's mutating. Okay, so, so the solution is vaccination. And the vaccination is becoming mandatory. But people are dying because of the disease. But there are other experts who say more in the long run will die because of the vaccine. Okay, so either way you're caught in between. And how do we stand in the middle? That's what I said. NIV editors may take Mark 16 off. But you take Mark 16 off in a time like this, you have nothing to stand on to fight. These signs shall follow those who believe. They shall cast out demons, because what we are facing is demonic oppression and humans coming together. They shall speak in other tongues. We need to pray in other tongues in the spirit so that we can edify ourselves, stand strong more and more. We should be praying in tongues and speaking in tongues, praying in tongues in the spirit more than our own language. Because the times are going to get more and more difficult because we need strength inside to stand. It is not strength outside that stands. Goliath fell, David stood. And David was a pygmy compared to Goliath. But he had inner strength, the strength that the spirit gives. Okay, They shall take poison. It will not harm us. If ultimately you have to take vaccine, okay, ultimately you come to a point where it is mandatory that if you don't take vaccine, you will not be allowed to step out. You will not have entrance to anything. Then if you have to take vaccine, believe it will not harm you. You have to believe it will not harm you. You have to believe everything works. God is constrained or restrained only by our unbelief. Only by our unbelief. Please understand that. That's why we come to the ministry of the word because faith comes from hearing. So you have 22,000. When you saw all of them, when the trumpet was blown and everybody came and everybody's like, if you looked at them, you would never realize there was two-thirds, more than two-thirds were fearful. And when they were given a chance... You know what happened? They just quit. They just quit. If you read the Bible, you see many commandments of the Lord, many. Some repeated often. But the most frequently repeated commandment of the, of the Lord in the Bible is not sin not. It's not be holy. It is not be righteous. It is not be kind. It is not be loving. It is fear not. The most repeated command in the Bible. Literally, they say, I have encountered, I leave it to the experts who have counted, 365 times. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. Fear not. Fear not. Why does God say so many times in the Bible, fear not? Because after the fall, it is the most common most constraining, most compelling problem he faces is fear. We know after the fall they had fear. They had shame. They had guilt. 
There are lots of issues. There are lots of issues after the fall. But everything, you can tackle it one way or other. You can tackle it one way or other. I'm not saying it's a solution. Shame can be tackled. <laughs> now people are practically shameless. You just have to change culture, tweak the culture around, and people are shameless. There's no issue about shame anymore. People are not ashamed anymore. Okay? You can tackle guilt. If you keep on telling evil is good and good is evil, you can handle uh, Samir. He just brought the, the tea. Okay? You can handle guilt. All you have to do is turn around. Evil good and good evil. That's all you have to do. And after sometimes, you know, people walk around doing something, the conscience is seared. It's not even conscience is seared. Conscience can be also manipulated. Manipulated. Like I said, the simple illustration I used to get when I used to be a young boy reading the Western novels was that if an Indian, I mean, American Indian tribes, the Apaches or the Sioux or any one of them, no? If he robbed from a white man and killed him, he was a hero. But he robbed his own tribesmen. He was a thief. Okay? He's a thief. Okay? Now, if you look at all these modern movies you have seen, have you noticed these modern movies? Robbery is glorified. And they go to, ultimately, they have this bank east, and ultimately, they are sitting in some idyllic paradise island and spending life all together. Okay, all kind of things. So conscience can be warped. You feel no guilt altogether. But you know what? Fear cannot be. Whatever you do, you cannot change the nature of fear. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who you are. You will die. You will die. And fear is connected to the fear of death. You could be living in the most, what? ostentatious palace. You could have prosperity beyond measure. You have power like no man on earth. You have protection like nobody else. And all this gives you a semblance of peace. But yet you are afraid. Look at Daniel chapter 4 verse 4. This is a man. He's got it all. And Nebuchadnezzar was addressed in my house and flourishing in my palace. And then I saw a dream which made me afraid. I mean, what does this man not have? He's the most powerful man on planet Earth. And a dream made him afraid. You can, None of these things which you're talking about. Let me ask you all this. Why is this all these political leaders, the big guys in power, have so much security? Because they're afraid. Jesus had no security. Yet everybody was after him. No security. Okay. We have more people, people in the sense powers of darkness, wicked, evil forces against us than most people who are in the political realm. But we have no security in the physical realm, but God covers us. Angels surround us, watch over us, otherwise we all would be dead. Let me ask you this question. Is there anybody in this room who the devil doesn't want to kill today? How did you all reach here? Is there, there's nobody sitting here whom the devil doesn't want to kill. But he cannot. He cannot. In Daniel 5, 
verses 5 to 6. Another emperor, very powerful. <coughs> I like that description. Daniel 5, verses 5 and 6. In the same hour, the fingers of a man's hand appeared, wrote opposite the lampstand on the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw part of the hand that wrote. He didn't even understand what was written, okay? The king's countenance changed. His thoughts troubled him. So the joints of his hips were loosed and his knees knocked against each other. What a description. What fear does. Fear does. <coughs> So long as death remains, fear will always be there. That is where biblical faith comes. Genuine biblical scriptural faith comes. Because there is only one man who has conquered death. Only one man who has conquered death. And because death has been conquered, fear has been conquered. <clears throat> Therefore, if you live a life without faith, it's a life lived in fear. And if you have no faith, you will be left to live on your own power and strength. And you will realize it may carry you for a season. But in the end, you will realize it is never enough. And you see kings falling apart. Knees, hips were loosened. Knees were knocking against each other just because something appeared. You have no control over it. All your bodyguards cannot stop that finger. It's something beyond your control. It's something out of this world. That's why people are afraid of ghosts. <laughs> okay, And the dark. And unusual sounds. So we see kings falling apart. While men of faith go fearlessly into the fire. And to the lion's den. At the same time. Kings falling apart. Wealthy men. And some of them are very young. Go into the fire without fear. They walk into the lion's den and they are not afraid. That's what Hebrews 11, 33 and 34 is saying. James, James. How could I forget that list? Who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, Stop the mouths of lions, quench the violence of fire, escape the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong and made valiant in battle and turned to flight the armies of aliens. This is what he's going to do. This is exactly what Gideon is going to do. So God is not picking any fearless man because there is no such man. We will be fearless until we meet something which we cannot handle. We are all fearless now. Let a lizard come. <laughs> okay. Okay. So when I am talking about faith, it is talking about true, genuine, scriptural faith. Faith in the living God. Faith, like a coin, has two sides. Both fear and faith has two sides. Faith placed on the right object is liberty. Faith placed on the wrong object will ultimately bring fear and bondage. Like if you put your faith on your job, when things like this happen, and there is lockdown, and companies start laying off, 
even the governments. The government can only print money. They cannot produce money. They can print money. They cannot really produce money. And after some time, money has no value. Okay, like in what happened in many countries when the economy collapsed, they printed money, but the money had no value. Okay, so don't, you cannot even put trust on a government. You cannot put on a government. Governments have collapsed around the world. It has completely collapsed. So if you put your faith, if your faith is misplaced on the wrong object, what will happen? It will ultimately lead to fear and to bondage. Fear also is there, two sides. There is a fear of the right things, which is healthy. Then there is the fear of the wrong things, which brings bondage. Nebuchadnezzar had no fear of God, only faith in himself. It's a very bad combination. Ultimately, he lost his sanity. Okay? Faith in himself, no fear of God. It's a very bad combination. What happened actually? He went mad for a season. Until... He had no faith in himself and had the fear of God and his sanity was restored. Daniel, on the other hand, had no fear of man and had faith in the living God. So in the midst of all that turmoil, he enjoyed peace. Often, listen carefully, often what we call faith is just an intellectual knowledge of God. Often, we need the knowledge of God. Before it becomes knowledge of God. Often it will take a very painful experience. Which becomes the catalyst. Whereby we experience the presence and the power of God. So all of us sitting here over the years. We have acquired a lot of knowledge about about God. But it needs a catalyst. Before it becomes the knowledge of God. So people go through. Like Gideon has the knowledge of God. Oh, our father has said about all these things. Now he's going to experience the power of God and the presence of God. And what does it take? It takes the Midianites, the oppression of the Midianites for Gideon to experience the power of God. It's like you can take pure oxygen and pure hydrogen and put them together. Nothing happens. It needs a catalyst. It could be platinum or anything. But when the catalyst comes, they come together, you get water. You can have all the knowledge of God. It has not become knowledge of God. It hasn't become a life experience. But we need all this. When the day of evil comes, the question is, will you stand? Will you stand? When the day of evil comes, will you stand or will you fall? If it is still remains as the knowledge about God, you have fallen. But if you are able to experience the power of God and the presence of God, you know what? It becomes the knowledge of God. And that's what's happening to Gideon. God has given us his commands and instructions. We hear them. We take notes. We It's pretty good. It's really, really good. But ultimately, we disregard them. Until tragedy strikes. Then we cry out, and God, being this the best daddy you can ever meet, is kind, he's patient, and when we cry out, he responds. And when he responds, he knows it is a battle. You created the mess, I have to clean up the mess, but I will use you to clean up this mess. So the first thing he tells is, fear not. It's going to be a battle. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be a battle. You have to fight this through. You have to fight this through. 
Life is a series of battles as sparks go up. Man is born to trouble. Job understands that. Okay? He didn't understand it before trouble came. He understood it after trouble came. And that's where faith comes. Because fear works directly against trust and faith in God. Fear works against it. Like, you know, you have a little child. The child is walking happily holding the hand of his father. And then a dog comes. Now what does the child do? He's pulling against the hand of the father. Earlier he was just walking with his father. They're having a good time walking together. And then he saw this dog coming. The father is not afraid. The child is afraid. Now what is the child doing? He's pulling the father back. So what has happened? Fear is now impeding your walk. Or like a, a drowning man. The lifeguard is coming. But the driving, the drowning man is pulling the lifeguard down. Why is he there? To rescue you. But what are you doing? You are impeding his work. So what does fear do? Fear constrains the work of God in our life. That's why God comes and says 365 times, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. And when people are afraid, people do all kinds of crazy stuff. And one of the primary things which people do is they lie. They lie. That's why the first thing in Revelation is that fearful and the last thing is liars. So if we are parents, we are parents and we have children and small children, one of the things which we need to is to write is first, create this atmosphere where they can come and tell us anything. You don't have to be afraid. I may punish you, I may not punish you, but don't be afraid of punishment. Do not be afraid of punishment because what happens if they get paranoid about it. They are very fearful about us. They will continue lying. And after that, their life becomes a lie. They are never true. And we are sometimes responsible for it. We are responsible for it. Okay? So, Jacob is such a fearful man, he becomes a hypocrite. Hypocrite. God has called this man. But God cannot use this man because fear has caused him to be a liar always. He's living a double life. Why do people end up living a lifetime? It always is God to do how we were brought up. So we need to be firm. We need to discipline our children. But in an atmosphere where there is no fear. that They have to realize like God, whom he loves, he disciplines. Before we can cause any discipline or any fear, we have to, as they are growing up, show to them in so many different ways that we love them unconditionally. That's why all these verses in the Bible about how much God loves us. And God doesn't say, he disciplines whom he hates. No, he says he disciplines whom he loves. Our problem is, we, especially Indian parents, one of the issues with Indian parents are, Indian parents are very protective about their children, very gung-ho about their character, about their career, but they are not loving in their expression. They are not. They are not very loving in their expression. Okay, they are not. It's not there in our psyche, but you are born again into the kingdom of God. I mean, I know Indian parents, they rarely hug their children. They don't. don't. While the Bible is that, greet each other even in the church with a holy kiss. God kisses his children. He hugs his children. He holds his hand out for his children all the time. He thinks about his children all the time. See, this is important for a child. That's why these things are written. 
We, we do not revert to our culture by saying, Michael, no, we are born again into a new culture, which is called kingdom culture. You talk to your child, you spend time with your child, you love your child, and then when you are disciplining them, they will never doubt you love them. Never doubt you love them. And they are fearful because they were never loved. Never loved. No, never loved. And we always confuse this, what we provide for them, things, as love. And God doesn't dump provision into our lives and walk away. He, on the other hand, says, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. I'll be with you all the time. Get these pictures very, very clearly because we are, that's how we overcome, overcome fear. So be very, very careful. Otherwise, fear will cripple us. We will cross over when death comes. I'm not talking about it. We'll cross over with nothing. We should be able to say like Paul, I finished my race. Not I finished my life. You can finish your life without finishing your race. He doesn't say I finished my life. He's saying I finished my race. Because the fearful never finish their race. They're crippled by fear. And be note these things. Being careful and being fearful are not the same thing. We need to be careful without being fearful. Like about this pandemic. Listen to it and it sounds okay. Okay, we don't know how true it is, but as long as it is there, wash your hands. Wear a mask. Do we need to wear two? When you go out, wear two. Better be safe than be sorry. It's not cost you anything. It's a cost you. Be careful, but you're not fearful. You're not afraid of the virus. You're just being careful. Because if you're afraid of the virus, the virus starts controlling your movements and your life. You don't let the virus control your life. You control the virus and move on with your life. That's the difference. Being careful and being fearful. What is happening around the world is that the virus is controlling lives. And the government is allowing it to do that. Because all governments like power over the people. Just sit down there quietly and do as we tell. And what happens to the church is that in the process, the church never grows. The church is never able to accomplish the purpose of God. Because Christ is seated in heaven, but his body is on earth. His hands and feet are on earth. The hands and feet get tied up. Our soul gets bound by fear. So being careful and being fearful are two different things. And again, to young people especially, being fearless and being reckless are two different things. Lot of people say they are fearless, but they are not fearless, they are reckless. They are not fearless. You know, young boys on the bike going on one, one wheel and all kind of crazy speed. And they said, I am not afraid. It is not true. You are reckless. You are not fearless. When you get into the hospital with 15 different broken bones, after that you never try those tricks. Why are you fearful now? Earlier you were not fearful? Because if you are fearless, you are always fearless. Accident or no accident. You are reckless. A lot of people are reckless. Young people especially, they are reckless. And they have Dutch courage, which comes from alcohol. A different spirit altogether. Okay? So please learn these lessons. Careful and fearful are two different things. Fearless and reckless are two different things. But the thing is that, the truth is that, I can, you can, we can actually live without fear. When God says, fear not, have you noticed almost everywhere when he comes and says, fear not, he also tells the reason. The reason is, I am with you. That's the reason. When he says, fear not, what is the reason? 
The reason is, I am with you. I am with you. Isn't that awesome? Meaning the other way. If he is not with us, we will be always fearful. The only antidote to fear is the presence of God. The only antidote to fear is the presence of God. I am with you. It doesn't matter who it is. Abraham, I am with you. Isaac, I am with you. Jacob, I am with you. Moses, I am with you. Joshua, I am with you. Gideon, I am with you. Right? In Judges he says, no, go in the strength which you have because I am with you. I am with you. I am. You know why we are fearful? Because we are not sure he is with us. When Pastor Vijay was preaching yesterday about the word, and when Pastor Vijay takes us deep into this concept of our righteousness and overcoming sin. Because when we sin, we feel he's not with us. Which is not true. It's not true if you're a child of God. It's not true. When my children do wrong, I don't uh, put, up, put, up, put them up for adoption. <laughs> Two children for adoption because they didn't obey the father. Nothing like that happens in any home. Okay, even when you sin, he doesn't leave you. He doesn't leave you. We leave him. He doesn't leave us. His commandment is sure, I will never leave you nor forsake you if you're always good. No, he didn't say that. If he loved us when we were sinners, can he love us less now that we are sons? It's it's all our wrong theology in our head. Because of that lie the enemy feeds us, you know what we do? We don't go back to him. <laughs> it's like that lady and the husband driving in the car. And suddenly they've been married for quite a long time. And he's driving and she says, how come you don't hug me in the car like you used to do in the beginning? You used to lean over. I mean, we used to listen. He said, I'm still where I am. Guess who moved? <laughs> He said, I always used to drive. I never moved on to your side because I am driving. You are the one who moved on to my side. And God says, who moved? I'm still where I always was. Who moved? You know always, it's we who move. It's we who move. It's not God. And that's what the devil does with believers. He uses all these tantalizing things of the world and the flesh to keep move us from God. And God never moves. God never moves. So we do not have to fear. Not because the obstacles, the dangers, the enemies, all these things are not real. No. It is not an escape from reality. No. It is because God is with us. And God is for us. That's what the Bible says. If God is for us, who can be against us? It's not saying these things will not come against us. But God is with us. That's Romans 8.31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, you can put in these these things anything you will face in life. There is nothing that is not covered in that words. Any man from beginning Adam to the last man will face on earth. What then shall we say if God is for us? Who can be against us? That's why we meditate upon the person of Jesus Christ. 
and not just meditate on scripture. Because scripture you have to believe is the word spoken by a person. These are promises of a person who is never a promise breaker. And they are A and Amen in Christ Jesus. This is God. He never goes back. That's why he keeps telling, I'm not a man that I should lie and change my mind. He does not. He does not. So we have to focus on the person and take the words we read as him speaking personally to us. That's how we overcome. We who believe have this great advantage when facing life. You know what it is? We know everything is going to turn out well at the end. Everything is going to turn out well at the end. That's where Romans 8, 38, 28 comes from. We know all things. Earlier we support these things. These things. All these things work together for good to those who love God. To those who are called according to his purpose. Okay? It's not whom God loves. Because that doesn't have to be told. God loves. He loves everybody. <laughs> for God so loved the world. So that's not a question. The question is, we struggle with loving God. And the entire world system is created to basically take our heart from God. When God says, do not love the world or the things in the world, then what happens? The love of the Father is not in you. You are not able to love God. Okay, When we preach against the world, people in the church, not in the world, people in the church get upset. The reason is, you know what, when the day of your trouble comes, you realize your heart is not able to be stayed on God because your heart has been diluted. Your affections have been diluted. Like they say in poetry, if you have loved one woman, you have loved them all. That's what ancients used to say. If you have loved one woman, you have loved them all. Because it is the same. Love in its nature is the same. So if you love things and try to love God, it is not possible. It gets diluted. It gets diluted. It loses its power. And it doesn't affect God. It doesn't affect God. Because God still loves us the same way. It doesn't affect God. But it affects us. It affects us. And when the day of trouble comes, we really, really struggle. We start doubting, does God love me? Death happens in the family. Lord, where are you? You know why Naomi is not able to experience the love of God? Because she went to Moab loving the things of this world. Therefore, she is not able to experience the love of God. This is what happens. When you love the world and the things of the world, God says, use it. Like things. He's not talking about liking things. We all like certain things. But don't be in love with it. When you love it, it has its own power. It dilutes our love for God. And you know when the day of trouble comes, we are fearful. Fear is one, fear is, like I said, fear is the most powerful emotion the enemy uses. That's why the most repeated command in the Bible is not love God or follow God or be holy or be righteous. No, it's a negative one. Fear not. He knows what fear has done from the beginning, from the fall. Fear caused Adam and Eve who walked with the living God to hide from him. Why are you hiding? Where are you? I was afraid. Imagine you walk. We don't know how long Adam and Eve were in the garden. Let us say 500 years. (laughs) We don't know. I'm just saying. Let's just say 100 years or 10 years. Every day they walked with God. No issues at all. 
Then one day, fear comes in because they sin. The next thing, they, you're hiding. Don't our children do that? Right from childhood, once they have broken that no, suddenly that one is hiding. Not to be seen. The one who used to come running to the front door is not to be seen. What happened? You know something has gone wrong. But you have come in the same way. Okay, the little one will be at the door. But you open the door. You haven't changed. The little one changed. What has come? Fear has come. And shame has come. And guilt has come. All these things follow. Therefore, fear comes from death. Of course, okay, fear has been conquered for us. That is why we have an undue advantage in the world. And people are not making use of that advantage. The Bible says in Hebrews 2, verse 14 and 15, the advantages we have in, a, in as much, then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. And release those through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. And I hear all the time people who do, do not really, really know God, having experienced salvation, experienced God powerfully. When this pandemic is taking place and people are dying, they're just falling apart. Falling apart. And you know what they are doing? They're all drinking. You saw? The day the government announced tomorrow lockdown, you know what was the... People were not running for provisions. People were all running for alcohol. Why do you need alcohol to drown yourself? It is just not for pleasure. It's simply people are not able to handle pressure. We think it is pleasure. No, that is when you began. Now it is no longer pleasure. It is pressure. You are not able to handle pressure. And what do you do? Alcohol, drugs, these are the things that is the way out. And that is what God does. We don't need alcohol. We don't need addicts. Uh, um, we don't need drugs. We don't need any of these things. You know why? Because we have this advantage. You know what? Death has been overcome. We do not fear death. It has to be real. This is not theology. This has to be real. That you need to say, I will fear no evil. Even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will not fear. I will not fear. I will not fear. I said, the reason is, I am with you. I am with you. That's our first advantage. We do not fear death because the end of everything is death. We are not afraid. And you know how God does in Isaiah 46 verse 10? This is how God does work, not like us. And release, yeah, sorry, Isaiah 46 verse 10, declaring the end from the beginning. No? We declare the beginning till the end. God doesn't. God goes to the end and goes back. He says, you know what, what is the end of your life? Death. He says, I will go to the end and make you victorious there. Now live life without fear. Why are you figuring? What are you so afraid about? Death is taken care of. Now go simply live life without fear. He goes to our end. And replace the cassette. So now live life. End is taken care of. End is taken care of. You know. And you know that that's that's a kind of security he gives us. Honestly, everybody sitting over here, let us talk about worldly carnal security. If the government calls all of us and says, you know what? As long as you live, you don't have to worry. Job guaranteed, income guaranteed, pension guaranteed. House guaranteed, you know, suddenly everybody will relax. We, but that, they can only guarantee you till death. 
ఆఫ్టర్ దాట్ దర్ ఇస్ నో గ్యారంటీ మ్యారేజ్ ఇస్ ఓన్లీ టిల్ ఈవెన్ దెన్ దర్ ఇస్ నో గ్యారంటీ బిఫోర్ డెత్ పీపుల్ లీవ్ నో గ్యారంటీ ఓకే నో గ్యారంటీ but god gives you guarantee this side and that side that's why i'm talking about the advantage on which we work so this is not a time to cover down in fear this is a time to stand up fearless you know why because the world needs to see that testimony this is the witness of the living god the spirit of god lives in us and the spirit says you cannot die you cannot die death cannot kill you anymore it's a strange statement but death cannot kill you anymore because you are invincible you have overcome death in christ jesus so we have to stand up fearless in this hour there will be trouble jesus himself says in john 16 and verse 33 he doesn't use a simple word trouble he uses the word tribulation these things i have spoken to you that in me you may have peace in the world you will have what tribulation but be of good cheer why he the one who is with you fear not i am with you the one who is with you and the one in whom he god puts us he says i have overcome the world i have overcome the world tribulation but peace and joy good cheer okay every day when you wake up you should say cheers to life not to alcohol cheers to life because he has overcome this world you know lord i wake up like job we do not know what trouble waits for me today what sparks wait for me or bonfire but Cheers. You have overcome the world. That's why God says, enter his courts with thanksgiving, his gates with praise. Why? Because he's overcome the world. He's overcome the world. These are practical things. When the more you do it, it becomes our habit. It becomes life. Like I said, everything yesterday, um, Tuesday, I, Monday, yeah, Tuesday, I told you, everything ultimately begins in the mind. there is theoretical physics and then there is practical you ask pastor vijay in this lab did he just work on random no you worked on a theory let me ask you this question i am not a scientist but was einstein a really a lab scientist no he was a theoretical scientist others worked on it and created the nuclear bomb he never created anything he just worked out equations they worked on and created stuff before anything can be created in the lab there is a theorist before the world can go wonky there are people sitting in the department of humanities creating ideas that's why the department of humanities in every country should be defunded and shut down and they should have department of biblical studies the world will change that was how the ancient world was much more peaceful because every university was department of biblical studies every university was to teach people the word of god that's what we have to understand like i said everything matters because it all begins in the mind it all begins in the mind that's why the psalmist says in psalm 119 and 130 the entrance of your word brings what light it entrance if the word hasn't come in we are walking in darkness it does not mean we are walking in darkness physical darkness our ideas are dark our thought life is dark 330130130 the entrance of your words gives light it gives understanding even to the simple you don't need a phd you don't need a post graduation you don't need any of these things if you have the word of god it gives you light 
The man who has the word of God has more peace than the man with ten doctorates. Why does he have peace? Because he has got his ideas of ideas of light. Like I said, all begins is an idea. What we think, idea about anything, can be either true or false, or a combination, a mixture of both. Remember yesterday's message, why the preaching of the word of God? God has exalted the preaching of the word of God. It's through the foolishness of preaching. Because preaching is ideas. How the kingdom functions. This is the idea. There's an idea behind everything that is happening. There's a God's idea and the devil's idea. Ideas. What did the devil do? In suppressed countries like China and many countries in the Middle East, what does he do? He suppresses the preaching of the word of God. He stops the preaching of the word of God. Why? Because he knows it's very dangerous. The entrance of his word brings light. It's an unbelievable crackdown happening on the underground churches in China. Arresting people, shutting down churches because they know. They know the danger of this idea. If people believe, they will be free and the communist yoke will be overthrown ultimately. But they are all scared. You will say, why should that country with its millions and millions of soldiers be so afraid? Because all these soldiers have families and the families get saved. Families get saved. (laughs) That is the problem. So soldier is not in living in isolation. He also has a family. What happens is wife and his children and his parents get saved. What happens to the soldier? He gets saved. Suddenly you have a 20 million communist army full of believers. <laughs> believers. Hmm? Why is the current American administration afraid of the US army? Because half of them are believers. They don't trust the army. They don't trust the army. 40 or 50 percent of the marines have refused to take the vaccine. So they are wondering whether Biden will make it a presidential order mandatory for them to take the vaccine. They are not trying it yet because they do not know what the reaction would be. Would they put in their papers? You see, that's what the Chinese used to say. One Chinese Christian, one less Chinese. That's what the Communist Party used to say. Their loyalties have changed. The kingdom is from above. The citizenship is from above. They will be the best citizens in the country. But if you tell them to bend their knee, they won't. They will bend their knee only to Christ. They won't steal. They won't lie. They won't cheat. They won't do any of these things. But also, they will follow their God and their God alone. That is Daniel's three friends. They will not kill, but they are willing to die. See, the weapon of the enemy is death. But his power is lost over you. What can you do to them? You cannot do anything to them. No, we need to understand how it works and how the kingdom of God works. So what you think matters. The ideas that you frame in your mind, even if it, if it is true, and if it still does not come to pass in this life, still does not matter. It is still true. Like I said on Tuesday, there is an idea called a father. God is a father. This is an idea called a mother. Holy Spirit is more like a mother. This is an idea called the eldest sibling, the eldest brother. That is Jesus Christ. There is an idea called a home. Heaven is a home. You may have an alcoholic father, a cranky mother, a bully of an elder brother, and a dysfunctional home. But you still hold on to the idea is true. You will receive it on the other side. 
You refuse to give up on that idea. Because it is true. All the dysfunctional fathers does not make God a dysfunctional father. All the dysfunctional mothers does not change the nature of the Holy Spirit. All the elder siblings who are bullies, who bullied the other ones, does not change the nature of Jesus. And all the broken down homes does not change the nature of home. That is God's. And he's a family. That is why you have to hold on to these ideas which are true. It may, many of these ideas may not come to pass in our own lives, but we do not give up on it. Why? Because it is true. It is true. If it is true on earth, it's because it is true on, in heaven. So we hold on to that and we live in the, you can call it a dream world. Live in that dream world. One day the dream will become reality. In the twinkling of an eye, it will all fall into place and you realize, you know what? I'm home. I'm home. And you'll be absolutely comfortable there. Absolutely comfortable there. Because this is what you always thought was true and you are there. On the other hand, if you don't break all these things down in your life now, you will feel uncomfortable in heaven. Why do people struggle to trust God? When you say God the Father, they struggle. The Holy Spirit, they struggle. Jesus, they struggle. It's because of preconceived ideas which has been put into us in our upbringing and the world we live in. So we have to fight these things. Otherwise, you know what happens? All kinds of different kinds of fears take of our, like I said on Tuesday, it is a fear of loss and fear of control, losing control. God has no fear. So he gives us complete freedom. Even after he saves us, he puts us free to make our choices. He never pushes us. He says, follow me. He says, follow me. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. He never pushes us. Because he knows you cannot be pushed. The minute you are pushed, you lose your liberty. And he is the one who gives liberty. So he says, you surrender and follow. I won't push you. I will lead you. Leading is different from pushing. He says, I will lead you. But to lead, I have to be willing to follow. And if I am not willing to follow, he still keeps moving. And if I go astray, he searches for me, finds me, carries me, and brings me back. And then again, he gives me the liberty. It's difficult, but it is true. And if you believe this, one of the main things, if you believe this, you need to realize that you should never quit this walk of faith. Don't quit. The church is full of quitters. That's why we have tens and thousands and millions of people. The book of Hebrews chapter 11 records only a few names. Like I said, first is Adam, but first mentioned is Abel. Between Abel and the next man, you know, seven generations have passed away. God gets one man. Between Enoch and Noah, three generations have passed away. How many millions of people have come? Why? Because people are quitters. Quitters. People just quit. And you shouldn't quit. If you go to Ecclesiastic chapter 3, if I'm right, chapter 3, and read from verse 1, 
quickly go through. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, time to die, time to plant, time to pluck what is planted, time to kill, time to heal, time to break down, time to build up, time to weep, time to laugh, time to mourn, time to dance, time to cast away stones, time to gather stones, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain, a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to throw away, a time to tear, a time to sow, a time to keep silence, a time to speak. A time to love, a time to hate, a time to war, a time to peace. You know, there is something that is not mentioned. There is never a time to quit. There's never a time to quit. You should not quit on your marriage. You should not quit on your children. You should not quit on your church. You should not quit above all on God. There's no time to quit. Don't quit. And this is the issue. A lot of people began, but they quit. And the church is full of quitters. And a time when all this trouble comes. No, that's what it says. When you see the day approaching, gather even more. Like many are not gathering anymore. I'm not talking that you should come here. But at least log in online and see that, you know what, I'm not going to quit. I am not going to quit. I'm not a quitter. This is a season, you know what, I'm going to listen to everything and I'm going to join. Even if the prayer is over, the anointing is not over. The anointing is forever flowing. There is no, um, there is no block stoppage of time in eternity. It is a continuous, I am that I am, not I was or I will be. So even if the prayer is over, you still join in prayer. You know why? Because you are saying, I believe, I am not a quitter, I will not quit. Jesus was opposed to wherever he went. And most of his disciples were naysayers. No Lord, no Lord, no Lord. Especially when he started talking about the cross, everybody was actively saying no. But you know what? He says he refused to quit. Nobody went with him. He set his face like a flint. In this walk of faith, fear should not cause you to quit. It was fear that caused all of them to quit. Look at Second Timothy 1.15 and then 4.10 and 4.16 and 4.17. 115. This you know. All those in Asia have turned away from me. You know what? He's established all these churches and the church quit on him. Quit on him. 416. Sorry, 410. Demas has forsaken and loved this present world and departed for Thessalonica. He's gone. Demas is gone. He should have gone. Paul should have quit because none of them went through what he went through. The list of trials and testing and tribulation he went through. But you know what? That man refused to quit. And because he refused to quit, he has been the source of inspiration for mankind after Jesus Christ. This man refused to quit. He was not afraid. He was not fearful. He was not reckless. A couple of times he was reckless, but he was not fearful. He was fearless. And verse 16, at my first defense, no one stood with me. All forsook me. Everybody quit on me. And what does he say in verse 17? He says, but you know what something? <coughs> the Lord stood with me. God does not quit on us. God does not quit on us. Paul did not quit on God. And God never quit on Paul. You know what God is telling Paul? Mighty man of valor. 
No. That's what he says over all of us. When we started, we are all fearful. But his prophecy over us, the words he's over us is, you are mighty men of valor. Why? How will you and I become men and women of valor? Because God will not quit on us. Over and over, God says, fear not, for I am with you. I am with you. You should confess it always. Lord, you are with me. You are with me. I will not be afraid. You are with me. In Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Okay, let's deal with this. If we can get this handle on this, the rest will fall into place. On the same day when evening had he come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Okay, it is he who started this journey. He told the disciples, let us go to the other side. So they got into the boat. He was tired. He went to the back of the boat. He went to sleep. But who started this journey? Who started our journey? Jesus. And when they, on Tuesday we saw he sent them alone. And the winds was contrary. This time he is with them but he's sleeping. And the winds are still contrary. But you don't look at the winds. You don't look at the billows. You don't look at the seas. You don't look at the wind. What do you look at? Who sent me on this journey? Who started this? That's the Bible says. He's the author and the perfecter of our faith. If he started on this journey, it doesn't matter how many winds are contrary. The first thing is to be very, very sure who started me. When it comes to life, if you are saved, what is he basically saying? I'm taking you to the other side. Don't ever forget your destination. My destination is not success in this world, but to be faithful in this world to the one who started this journey. He did not say, well done, my good and successful servant. He said, well done and faithful servant. And even when we are unfaithful, he is still faithful. So bank on that. He will keep me faithful. He will keep me. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. For his namesakes. He namesake. Bank on that. Let us cross over to the other side. The winds are contrary. But he's sleeping. Sleeping. But he's in the boat. In the boat. And they wake him up. And they accuse him. Don't you care for us? Look at verse 40 and 41. His response. But he said, why are you so fearful? How is that you have no faith? What is he saying? I am with you, right? He's saying the same thing to all of us. Am I with you? He may be sleeping. But am I not in the boat? <laughs> we may not be able to hear him speak to us. But is he with us? If he's with us, why are you fearful? That's a simple question. If they had faith, he said, there are two things you could have done. Either you have spoken to your situation, or all of you come to the back and slept with me. Let me see which sea will drown him. Which sea will drown the creator? Sit down. Relax. We are going to the other side. Okay. That's what God is talking. Am I not with you? Why are you fearful? Because the fear causes us to do and say stupid stuff. It's fear that causes us to say fear. Let me ask you the simple question because a lot of people say, why do couples say to each other, you never, you don't love me. Why do they say that? It's fear. It's usually fear. You don't care for me. You don't love me. It's basically fear. Fear causes you to say, Fear causes. God is not afraid of us. 
He always loves us. But he says, you don't do the things which you did in the beginning. Go back. You know, when you do back, you know what? Your fear will go away. You're doing stupid stuffs. You know why? Because you're afraid. You're afraid. You're reverting back to religion. Verse 40, 41. There are three questions. Why are you fearful? How is that you have no faith? And who can this be? Who is this man? What manner of man is this? That the wind and the sea is over. There are three questions which are fundamental to life. God asks us, why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? Where is our faith? In what have you put your faith? In whom you have placed your faith? And once you have placed your faith on God, you will know what manner of man he is. At the end of it, their exclamation is, what manner of man is this? Even the wind and the seas obey him. You know, these three questions, these three questions which he asks is answered in the next chapter. Three questions. Because Jesus is an incredible teacher where the Holy Spirit leads him from theory to practical. Because in everything that happens in our life, we should ask this question, why am I afraid? Have I no faith? Have I no faith? In John 14 verse 11, this is what Jesus says. Just believe. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. Or just believe me for the very work's sake. <laughs> you know, he's almost pleading with us. You know? Haven't so many things happened in your life? Can you just believe me because of what I did in your life so far? Can you just believe? Why are you shortening my hand with your unbelief? Why am I afraid? First question. Second, have I no faith? Third question. Who is he really in my life? Chapter 5, you know what? We don't have to go into chapter 5. Let me tell you in short what chapter time. You have a child who is sick, who is 12 years old. Her father comes and falls at Jesus' feet and says, Please come to my house. Lay your hands upon her. On the road, there is another woman who has older woman who is sick for 12 years. And while that incident is happening over there, this child dies. Okay. So you have a child who is sick, a woman who is sick, and a child who dies and comes back to life. And everywhere you look around today, it is fear of disease or the first nation to proudly declare, we have vaccinated, you are free, you don't have to fear corona, take your mask off, celebrate. Now he's covering in the foxholes, bomb shelters. They fear death more than us. Already five Israelites or six or seven of them have died, including a child. More will die, 38 or 40 or something on the other side. Is corona killing them? It's not Corona that is killing you. The first nation to declare proudly, free, is now. The fear of death does not go away. You can handle disease, but you cannot handle death. Everywhere you have this thing. In chapter 5, verses 33 and 34, and then 35 and 36, and then 41 and 42. Woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. What does he say? He says, he said to her, daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace. He said, don't fear. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. How did you receive your healing? 
It's by faith. You put your trust in me. Put your trust in me. You received your healing. Don't be afraid. Go in peace. You cannot be at peace and fearful at the same time. When he says go in peace, means fear is handled. Go without fearing. Go in peace. Verse 35 and 36. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why trouble thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid. Only believe. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Only believe. And when we reach us the house, the child is dead. Verse 40, 41. Uh, sorry, 41, 42. They ridiculed him. Because they said, the child is dead. Where did he go? He took the child by the hand and said to her, Talita, kumi, which translates, little girl, I say to you, arise. And what happens? The child rises up. Immediately the child arose. So what is God trying to tell us? Do I have the faith that still perseveres when God does not act according to my timetable? Twelve years this woman has been struggling with her sickness. Will I still press on? Or will I quit? Woman did not receive healing for twelve years. She tried everything possible. Second, the child did not receive help when she had only moments to live. We cannot let circumstances determine what we believe about God, disease, death or delay. Of, after 12 years of uncleanness and ill health, she is made well and released into the community as not only a person who is well, but also clean. She can go back home. She can mingle with society again. She doesn't have to wear a mask anymore. She doesn't have to be isolated. You are free. The second case, the case of whom God does not heal. The girl is not healed. She's raised back to death, life. She's not healed. The difference between healing and resurrection. She's not being healed. She's being resurrected. What does God says to people during this pandemic? If you are not healed and you die, there's still a promise that stands. You will rise. If you are ill, he can heal you. If you die, he can raise you up. Do not fear. Do not fear disease. Do not fear death. Do not fear delay. Twelve years did not stop him from healing that lady. Twelve years of sickness healed in a second. His delay caused her to die. But he can raise us back to life. That even if you die, we live. These are fundamental lessons of life. That one day we will receive a new body and a new life. So what is the answer? What manner of man is this? Winds and waves obey him. Demons obey him. Incurable diseases obey him. Death obey him. What manner of man is this? This is a man who wins nature obeys. This is a man death obeys. This is a man disease obeys. This is a man demons obey. So why should I be afraid? The question is, who is he? He is God in flesh. In a world surrounded by fear. 
No, in a world literally surrounded by fear, we are called to be little oasis. You know, oasis is a green area in a desert of peace and confidence. That's his witness. That's his witness. That's why the letter to Philippians and all are so powerful for 2,000 years. It is not because Paul is sitting on a couch next to the emperor. I appeal to Caesar. Caesar said, come Paul, I've been waiting for you. It's not from there. He's lying in prison in chains and says, rejoice in the Lord. And again I say rejoice. Be anxious for nothing. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. My God supplies. You look at, why are these so very well-known verses in the Bible? It is not because of what is said. It is because of from where it is said. It is not because of what is said. Because everybody can say the same words, but everybody cannot say the same words in that same situation unless you know really God is with me. And you know who he is, what manner of God he is. What manner of man is this? That is why the entire purpose of the ministry is to exalt Christ. It is not to exalt the preacher. It is not to exalt the church. It is to exalt Christ. Lift Christ up. He has to draw people to himself. And when you come to him, your fears are gone. Your fears are gone. So we have to live. That is what he said. You shall be my witnesses. Faith in God. A person. Intimate person. And how do we reconcile ourselves with this truth? What we said on Tuesday. You know what? I am chosen. I didn't choose him. He? I am loved. Meaning if you put it in normal human terms, mine was a planned pregnancy. It was not unplanned. God had already planned me even before the beginning of time. In his heart, it is a planned conception. Even if you are born of rape, you are planned by God. You are not an accident. You are not an accident. You are planned by God, chosen by God, loved by God. Why? Because because of this pandemic or war, in this crisis, some will die, but some will live. But all God's children, whether they die or live, are called to live by faith and die by faith. Because God is with you. So the solution to fears, we looked at it on Tuesday, another few. Psalm 34 verse 4. Quickly, 34 verse 4. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. I sought the Lord. The Lord is seeking us. We have to seek the Lord. The Lord says, I stand at the door of your heart and knock. But we won't open. We won't open. He says, if I, I will come in with you and I will fellowship, all our fears are stilled. The minute Jesus was woken up, the fears were gone. Why are you afraid? Immediately everybody's fears must have calmed down. They woke him up. I sought the Lord. He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Second thing, if you are a child of God, a genuine child of God, you need to understand, God is not caught by surprise by anything that happens in our life. Neither we should be. Psalm 139, verse 16. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when yet there were none of them. Do you know? Every day of God's children's life is already recorded. 
recorded that should give us a calm assurance. You know what today? He knew service would be at 725. It's already written before the founding of the world. 2021, April, uh, May the 13th, right? 13th service at the office at 725. And he already knows who will come, who will listen. It's all written in the book. It's already, you know what that, it gives you enormous confidence. Brings calmness. You know what? My days have been ordered by God. I'm a child of God. All I have to do is walk by faith and not be fearful. Everything has been factored in. For people who are believers, yesterday I got pictures of quite a few people who died here and some of them I know old people went to be with the Lord. Come. He knew. You were a child of God. You had peace with God. You've gone home. It was written, on this particular day you will die. The rest of us who are alive, it is also written what we should do. Walk by faith. We are not fearful. Okay? That's the confidence that comes from our lives. That is what it means to walk on water. Everything is written. Everything is written about us. Absolutely everything is written. Then as we close and go to prayer for 10 minutes or 15 minutes, there is this right fear that we need. I said there is this false fear. There is this right fear that we need. There is a fear, the other side of fear. Proverbs 14, 26 and 27. He who fears the Lord has a secure fortress. Okay? Who fears man? It's a snare. Who fears all the stuff that happens? It's a snare. Who fears the devil? It's a bigger trap. But he who fears the Lord has a secure fortress. And for his children, it will be a refuge. The fear of the Lord is the fountain of life. Yeah, I have alarm about when to stop. And turning a man from the snares of death. Okay, fear of man. It's a fountain of life. Fear of man is a fountain of death. Death also is a fountain. Bitter waters. Poisonous water. The fear of man is a fountain of death. The fear of God is a fountain of life. Turning a man from the snares of death. Fear and death. So there's a right fear. And there's a wrong fear. The right fear which leads us to life, into life, into life. And he came to give us life. He didn't come to kill us. He came. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. Jesus comes to give us life. So as we put it all together, remember, why is this so important that we will look at tomorrow? Why? Because there is one name by which God calls us. We would like to be called, may share whom? I'm a lion. He doesn't call us lion. I would like to be a leopard, fast as a cheetah, nothing. He says, sheep. Sheep have no horns. They don't bite with their teeth. They are totally defenseless. Yet we are sent among wolves. We are sent among wolves. Sheep sent among wolves. And he says, live fearlessly. Why? I am with you. I am with you. We are not sent as lions among wolves. We are not sent as snakes among pigeons. No. We are not sent like cat among mice. No. We are sent as sheep. The most defenseless, dumb animals. They cannot even know how to walk straight without falling into a crack if the shepherd is not there. That's the truth about us. 
We don't know how to walk if you were in there. And that's why it's written in the psalmist says, He restores my soul. Why does he have to keep restore my soul? Because I goof up all the time and he's forever restoring me. Because I don't know how to walk. Neither do you. Doesn't matter how much knowledge of God we have, we don't know still how to walk. You know what he has to do? He said, I sent you as sheep among wolves. So this morning we will pray. And we will pray by faith. Come honey, let's pray. Okay? 15 minutes we'll pray. And then we will go. Thank God for this government, which is, this is the way it should be. Yesterday, CM Sun, the urban development minister said, it should be self-restriction. No? That's, that's a good thing to say. That's what he used to say, you know. Government doesn't have to lock you down. Lock down yourself. Why do you need the government? If you know so far by now, we have enough information about how the disease works. Lock down yourself. Go do what you need to do, but be careful. Don't spread it. Don't spread it. You don't have to go around everywhere. Don't spread it. That's what? The best control is self-control. Best, yeah. best control is self-control. Thank you. <coughs> come, let's pray. Father, this morning we just come to you, Lord. We just want to thank you that you gave us an opportunity in spite of the lockdown to come together as your church. Few yet many. There are many more with us than are against us, Lord. All the powers of darkness put together is only one-third of the angels. Two-thirds are with us. And even if they are not with us, God is with us. And God with us always overrules everything else, Lord. We thank you for the government in this state, which has made it easy for the people and not difficult, Lord. Twenty hours of lockdown and four hours of freedom. And we want to use this freedom to serve you and serve your people. There are many in despair. Many, many in despair. Oh, Father, I pray, Lord, many who are writing in despair will call upon Jesus. Throw away their useless idols. It has failed. Religion has failed. Oh, even for Christians who are religious, your religion has failed. Christ never fails. God never fails. This is it. Wake up call for so many Christians. This is a wake up call. As disease ravages the nations and homes and Christian homes and death takes over Christians, God is asking, how are you handling it? Do you think I have abandoned you? Do you think I have left you? Are you Job? Or are you Job's wife? A family may be split through by faith. One in faith, one in unbelief. One says, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh, blessed be the name of the Lord. While the other one says, curse God and die. God is allowing us to go through all these things. Though he doesn't like this, he allows it to come so that we will know God is with us. We can bravely say, as the psalmist said, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I pray, Father, all your children around the world will use this opportunity to cry out to you, to draw closer to you, where your presence is a reality for them, that they know, they know that they know, God is with me, God is for me. I pray no one will reach the ICU, but even if they reach the ICU and they are isolated and they die there, they will know God is with me. The doctors left me. The nurses fear to come near me. There is nobody to take care of me. And like Paul, they would be able to say, but God was with me. 
God was with me. Either he will bring me out or he will take me home. Either way, I am a winner. I am not a loser. There are no losers in God's kingdom. There are only winners because Christ is the winner man. Oh Father, I speak healing. I speak life into every situation. I speak light into darkness, strength into weakness. Oh Father, breathe upon your people, Lord. Breathe, breathe, Spirit of God. Breathe upon your people. Let there be a quickening in God's people, Lord. Everyone who is hearing, let there be a quickening of the Holy Spirit. Let your mortal bodies be quickened. Let your soul be quickened. Let there be awakening of your spirit that they know God is with them. God has not left them. For your word says, even when we are unfaithful, he is still faithful. For he cannot deny himself. Yes, the man was unfaithful. He had been crippled for years and years. But God was faithful. He did not come in right. If he had come in right, then Jesus did not have to say, your sins are forgiven. He came in wrong. But God was still kind and compassionate and merciful. He said, your sins are forgiven. Pick up your mat and walk. And I pray, whatever state you are in, just look to God. Look to Christ. There's only one who can forgive sins. There's only one who can heal sickness. There's only through one we can overcome death. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. The word of God says, if anyone who calls upon the name of Jesus will be saved and will not be put to shame. Pray on Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank you, we thank you, we thank we praise you. Lord. Truly, truly, your word says, be not ashamed of me, and I won't be ashamed of you. <coughs> Father, today we just believe, my God, we just believe. You made a way, Father. You made a way this morning, Father. You made a way, my God. Your timing is perfect, my God. Oh, Father, we thank you. I pray, my God, we will be alert. We will be sober. We will be vigilant. For your adversary is a roaring lion waiting to devour. But Father, we go one step ahead knowing. My God, God has already gone before us. He's already straight and crooked paths. He knew this day. He ordained this time. Stay. He knew it all that it was coming, my God. And you're preparing our hearts, my God. You're preparing us, my God. You're truly preparing our hands for war. And our feet to run as swift as a deer. You're truly preparing our mind and our heart, my God. Oh, Father. Oh, Lord. Like the man with the withered arm, my God. Stretch forth. Stretch forth your faith. Stretch forth in faith. Stretch forth in faith. Stretch forth. Stretch forth. Doesn't matter how long it was withered. Yes. Today. Yes. Today. Yes. Is the day. Stretch forth. Stretch forth. Stretch forth. Stretch forth. Every day is new. And His mercies are new every day. If you have gone deep in sin. Today is the day. Stretch forth. Stretch forth. You are forgiven. You are forgiven. You are forgiven. You are made whole in Him. Because the price was paid 2,000 years ago. That's why we are forgiven. You don't have to do anything. You just have to repent and say, Lord, forgive me. And you are forgiven. You are forgiven. The Word of God says the prayer of faith will heal you and if you have sinned your sins will be forgiven jesus sins will be forgiven yes lord yes lord touch lord today some people need forgiveness 
And I pray, Father, they will experience that. They will know. By faith, they will know as they cry out, yes. you are forgiven. Yes. Some people need strength. They have to throw away their idols. Yes. Have Hindus listening. Yes. You need to put away your idols. Yes. Jesus Christ will never share his throne with anybody. He will share with a believer, but he will not share with a demon. He will not share it with an idol. Jesus. One day he invites us to come as overcomers and sit with him on his throne. But no demon, no idol will take us. Jesus. Sit on the throne with yes, him. Lord, yes. You have to throw away your idols. Yes, yes, you have to throw away all the beads around your neck and your hand and all those things. Throw it away. You are at the verge of death. You are at the verge of collapse. You are at the verge Jesus. of bankruptcy. You are at the verge of going into depression, Jesus. insanity like Nebuchadnezzar. Throw Jesus. away your religion. Throw Jesus. away your idols. Could Jesus. they save you? Could they Jesus. give you joy? Jesus. Could they give you peace? Could they give you boldness? But Christ does. Christ does. Oh, when Christ comes, you can walk in the fire. When Christ comes, you can go into the lion's den without fear. When Christ comes, oh, all the chains fall off. When Christ comes, the jailer will come and fall on his face before you and ask, what should I be do to be saved when Christ comes? Oh, Father, I pray today, bondages will be set free. Chains will be broken. Prisoners will be set free. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Oh, Father, touch. When Jesus comes. Touch. The tempter's power is broken. Oh, it is broken. Jesus. When When Jesus Jesus comes. Jesus. Jesus. All sins are washed away. Yes, Lord. Jesus. 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 Can we sing that? When Jesus comes. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Highway yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus. Yes, Lord. Once we were that, Lord, all of us. And she were in the shadows. Then Jesus came. And where is darkness flee? When Jesus comes, the tempter's power is broken. When Jesus comes, all tears are wiped away. He takes the gloom and fills the life with glory. For all is changed when Jesus comes to save. What manner of man is this? The winds obey him. Yes, the seas yes, obey him. Yes, the demons flee at the sound of his yes, name. My God, Diseases are Jesus, cast away. Yes, Death yes, is overcome. Yes, my God. What manner of man is this? Yes, my God, so we need to answer these three questions today. Jesus, Why are you afraid? Jesus. Where is my faith? Jesus. And what manner of man is that Jesus. who walks with me? Jesus. We have the answer to these three questions. Wherever you are, you can walk away with boldness. For if God is for me, who can be against me? In life or in death, I am victorious. In life or death, there is no loss for me, only gain. Yes, my God. For God Himself is my shield. God Himself is my exceedingly great reward. Thank you, Lord. I will fear no evil. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because the one who walks with me is good. It's not evil. Yes, Lord. 
So even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no, no evil, evil, because He who is good walks with me. Hallelujah. And He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. Yes, he will be with me. Yes, Lord. Thank Not you, Lord. just till the end. Thank you, Jesus. He will be with me forever. That's what you said, the Spirit. I'll give you somebody just like me. The Spirit that comes from the Father. He will be in you and He'll be with you forever. He said, I will not leave you orphans. There are no orphans in God's kingdom. They are only much loved children. Much loved children in God's house. Oh, Father, we just want to thank you. Oh, Father. In the meantime, Father, there is wickedness happening. Dark works happening. Occult happening. Sorcery happening. Wicked and evil men and women are coming together with demonic entities for more power to kill and to destroy and to control. In so many places, they have taken organs of Christians who have died and are doing rituals. These are grave diggers. They want to use the organs of dead Christians to call upon demons to feast on it so they can receive more power. But we call upon fire upon those places. Oh, those body parts are holy because they belong to your children. And I pray the fire of God will fall upon those places. Consume it, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. That they have nothing to lay hold on. The demons will fear to touch those body parts. I plead the blood, the blood, the blood of Jesus over the dead bodies of every Christian soul that has departed. If the bones of Elisha had anointing to raise the dead back to life, I pray your anointing rest upon the dead bodies, the dead bones of every man, woman, child that belongs to you who have died in the past days, O Lord, that these wicked ones will not dare to touch it. Wouldn't dare to touch it. No demon would dare to rise when they call. Fire of God flow through these places, cleansing and sanctifying. Let the anointing rest, O Lord, that the demons will flee. For your power and authority is in your hands. Demons will not rise when they call. We bind Baphomet in the name of Jesus of Nazareth and we command you to go down into the abyss and all your hordes will go down into the abyss, go down into the dungeon. You will not rise. You will not rise. You will not rise. You will not rise. And you have asked us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Yes, Lord. Oh, Father, there is conflict there. Yes, my God. Oh, the powers of darkness are raging because they know, Lord, you are coming. Jesus. When you come, you have to come to Jerusalem. Jesus. Therefore, we pray for the Jesus. peace of Jerusalem. Jesus. It is your city. Jesus. It is the city of David. Yes. It is yes. your throne. Yes. Your name yes. has given on that city. Yes, Lord. And we are bound by duty Jesus. to pray for that city. Jesus. We pray Jesus. for the peace of Jerusalem. Jesus. Oh, Father, Jesus. if the eyes were opened Jesus. of the Jews and the Jesus. Arabs, that they Jesus. would both know they are God's children through Abraham. Oh, Father. Oh, let the middle wall of separation fall away, Lord. They have been made one in Christ. Divided in Abraham. Brought together in Christ. Ishmael was cast away in Abraham. Ishmael and Isaac were separated. But in Christ, you have brought us together, Lord. The Jew the Arab and the Gentile has been made one, O oh God. O oh, Father, open their eyes. 
open their eyes. They are fighting yes. for a mount. Yes. They are fighting for a temple. Oh, when God looks upon the earth and no, says, My no. church is my temple. temple. You are fighting for stones. You are fighting for stones. Jesus, While on the Jesus, earth you are building Jesus, your temple. Jesus, which eyes cannot see. Jesus, the whole earth creation is groaning Jesus, for that temple to be revealed. Jesus, Lord. Oh, let Jesus, truth open the eyes yes, of your God. people. Lord. Yes, my God. Oh, the eyes of the people. Yes, my God. Pray for the doctors. Hallelujah. I pray for the doctors, yes, the nurses, Lord. all yes, of them. Lord. All the essentials. Hallelujah. They are true Hallelujah. troopers. Lord. Some of Jesus. them haven't seen their families, Hallelujah. their children Hallelujah. for weeks Hallelujah. together. Hallelujah. Like soldiers in the Jesus. borders, so Jesus. are our doctors Jesus. and nurses Jesus. fighting. So many have died, Lord, in India, Jesus. doctors Jesus. and nurses. Jesus. Oh, Father, oh, I pray Lord, for healing Lord. and protection over them. Families, Peace for their families. Comfort for their families. families. Above all, I pray for salvation. Oh, let them not die without knowing you. They're doing such a great job. They're doing such a courageous, brave task. Selfless work. But Lord, works don't save us. Only faith in Christ saves us. And I pray, Lord, you would send them a person, a believing nurse, a believing doctor to share, a vision, a dream. And no one, no one would go out of this situation without knowing you, Lord. For it is not your will that any man should perish, but all would come to the saving knowledge that is in Christ Jesus. Thank you, thank you. Oh, Father, we come against the powers of darkness and wicked men and women who make use of these opportunities to traffic children who are orphaned, Lord. Parents dead or parents in the hospitals and they're making use of this opportunity to sell these children, Lord. We and use their bodies, oh, Father. We bind these powers of darkness, empowering, and we pray discerning officers will be able to spot and stop it, Lord. Righteous men and women in the government will rise up and stop it, Lord. Even now, Lord, stop, Lord. They will be on their watch, oh Lord. Oh, Father, in the Texas border, in the U.S.-Mexican border, Lord, oh, the coyotes are there out there. Two-legged coyotes, oh, Lord. Oh, the drug cartels, the wicked Freemasons, oh, Lord. The circle, oh, Lord, who are also looking for children to offer, oh, Father. And I pray all their works will fall to the ground. Protect the children, Lord. Oh, the work of sorcery be broken. The wizards and the witches be exposed, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, touch, Father, touch. Oh, Father, we praise you. Oh, we praise you. We worship you. We glorify you, Lord. Oh, Father, I pray for our churches, all our churches, ministries that are associated with us who are tuning in, President Trump and his team, and all the others who ask for prayer, CMs who ask for prayer, oh, government officials who ask for prayers. We commit them all into thy hands. And I speak healing, I speak salvation, I speak deliverance, and I speak protection, Lord. Send forth your angels and protect, Lord. I plead the blood, the blood, the blood of Jesus over your people everywhere. And we speak the blood against the powers of darkness. The blood of Jesus is against you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We thank you for this day, this time you gave us, O oh Lord. It is so good to Lord to come early in the morning to gather together to worship you, to serve you, Lord. The rest of the day we will spend ourselves in your presence. Help us, Lord. We will not forget from where we came and where we are going. Wherever we go, we want to be in your presence, O oh Lord. For in your presence, there is fullness of joy. 
Wherever your people are, at home or in the ICU, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. Thank you, thank you, Father. We praise you. We worship you. We glorify you, Lord. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.